Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition of the Russell Wortham Show coming to you live from beautiful, and I mean beautiful, Tucson, Arizona, a stone's throw away from the University of Arizona and in the shadow of the Grand Canyon. Folks, we are back and back in the middle of greatness. Uh, First of all, happy Valentine's Day for everybody tomorrow. I hope uh, everybody is going to be with the ones that they want to be with. Um, So just wanted to throw that out there for you. Now, today is going to be commercial-free, break-free. It's going to be a bit of a short show, but don't worry. We've got tons more coming up this next week with Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury 2. I've got thoughts on that next week. Also, week two of the XFL. Also, this next week, NBA, uh, NCAA basketball starting to wind down to go into uh, March Madness. So we'll talk more about that. Spring training is starting to come around. That will be next week. And so, like I said, so, so much more. Um, On the wrestling side of things, we're going to recap what happened at NXT TakeOver Portland. We're going to preview Super Showdown from Saudi Arabia uh, coming up and so much more. So, we've got that going. But for this week, I've got got three things for you. Uh, first is the XFL. Then we're going to talk about Duke, North Carolina. And then finally, uh, we're going to preview NXT TakeOver Portland. Right, so with the XFL. Uh, if you remember the XFL circa, what, 20 years ago, there was this idea of sex, violence, rock and roll, hot tubs, bad language. It was just, it was, it was WWE, but in football form. And I think that's what ultimately killed the XFL the first time because the play was not all that good on the field. The attendance was lackluster after the first week. The ratings went way down after the first week. And again, like I said, the announcers, the the hot tubs, it was just, it was really just... Not good. Uh, And so when WWE, or rather Vince McMahon, uh, went in with Oliver Luck, who's the dad of uh, Andrew Luck, when he went in with Oliver Luck and said, okay, you're going to basically be the face of, of the league of the rejuvenated XFL. We've got eight great cities that we're uh, dealing with right now. 
let's try to make this thing work. And I was skeptical because I thought, yeah, well, I remember, we all remember what happened with the XFL, like I said, 20 years ago. But, and here, here, here's the but, but, I was pleasantly surprised. I watched most of everything. There, there were the New York-Tampa game, I, I didn't really watch much of Dallas and Seattle. I watched about three quarters of that, but I, I watched the rest of the games and I, I'm going to go through uh, each one, just kind of give you a general idea of what I thought about each one uh, and what I think about this league so far. So let's, let's start there. As far as the league goes, I think that there is a chance, there's a chance that they can do well. Now, I looked, uh, I, I tried looking at the uh, situation uh, with viewing audience uh, for the NFL, for college football, what I got for the NFL, roughly about 16 million viewers uh, of, you know, a week, um, which is pretty good. College, I didn't really get a good number, but I'm guessing it's about 12 million uh, people watching any given Saturday which is, again, phenomenal. The XFL got $3 million. Now, I know that it's unfair to say, well, $15 million compared to $3 million, but the way I look at it is if the XFL got a fifth, basically a fifth of what the NFL gets on a weekly basis, if they got a quarter of what the college football season is like in terms of uh, viewers, that's actually a pretty good start. That's actually a, su a, a success in my book. I was looking at these stadiums, and I was kind of... Uh, I had mixed feelings. Um, D.C., when they played Seattle, they were playing at Audi Field which is a soccer-only stadium. I believe that holds about 20,000 uh, people. It drew about 17,000, a little over 17,000. So pretty, pretty full. Um, L.A. versus Houston. <sighs> it was, it was kind of rough because the upper bowl in Houston was empty. And so you just had the lower bowl. You still had 17,000, roughly, uh, people there, but it just kind of felt like, huh, it's not a full stadium. Uh, what are you going to do uh, about that? Tampa versus New York, that was a disaster. I mean, that was a complete disaster. You look at it, and they were playing at MetLife Stadium, 
where the Giants and the Jets play, and again, roughly about 17,000 people showed up, but in a 62,000-plus stadium, I mean, it looked barren. It was, it was bad, and I just, uh, it, it just was not, not great. Um, and then St. Louis and Dallas, where you know they played. Uh, well, Dallas is playing where the Texas Rangers used to play in Arlington. And again, it was retrofitted to be a football stadium. So, I mean, again, aesthetically, you saw empty seats and it was just kind of like, oh, okay. Now, I'm not saying that there can't be an uptick in attendance. Absolutely there can be. But I've read a lot of people online. And they've said pretty much what I'm saying. Use the smaller stadiums. Go to the smaller soccer stadiums that are used for MLS. Uh, go to uh, some of these uh, other uh, colleges and universities around the areas. See if you can use their facilities and work out a deal that way. So that way, you can say, okay, well, we have 17000 but that's a sellout. Instead of going to MetLife and you're only drawing a third of the stadium, basically. That's it's not exactly, you know, it's not exactly, uh, you know, big, big. Uh, in comparison, and I just thought of this just now, in comparison... I uh, watched. Uh, uh, I've watched a couple of times now the uh, story of the New York Cosmos of the North American Soccer League, and I'm talking about the original league back in the '70s, and they they basically sold out. They sold out the Meadowlands. They sold that place out. They sold out Giant Stadium. And that was incredible. Other places, when the Cosmos came, yeah, it was it was a big deal because you had Pele, you had all these other great players, but then the attendance would dip back down, and that was kind of a problem. But, like I said, if the XFL is to last they have to go and they have to say we're going to go to these smaller stadiums we're not afraid of saying yes these are smaller stadiums but we're going to make it appear like it's like big like big time because if you just sit there and say well yeah we're going to try MetLife Stadium you're not getting 60,000 people a week you're just not. They may have a great team uh, up there in New York, but you're not going to get 60,000 people. Sorry, you're just not. So, <clears throat> there's that. 
I was really glad that, and I'm not saying that Jesse Ventura and Jim Ross are, you know, and Matt Vasgersian. I'm not saying that they're not great announcers. They they are, but you've got the power of ESPN. You've got the power of Fox behind this, and you've got people like Steve Levy, who, you know, have called football games, know what they're doing, and it just feels like, okay, we can make this thing work in terms of announcing. So, I really appreciate uh, that that aspect of things. Uh also, very quickly, as far as the long-term prognosis for the XFL, I think if they, again, if they go to the smaller stadiums, I think they can keep things going. I, I, really, I really do. Uh, but you go back, and I'm, I'm going way, way, way back, so the USFL was there in the early 80s and it folded because they tried to go into the NFL season and directly compete with the NFL. And the NFL just crushed them. And um, so there was that. Then there's the World League of American Football, and that just completely collapsed uh, because, again, the talent was not super great. The attendance was there, but, you know, you go over to, to England, you go over to Barcelona, you go over to... Uh, some of these other places, Montreal, and they just, they they didn't really have the interest. They they just really didn't. And I don't think, if they tried that league now, I think it could be successful. But back then, back in the early 90s, I mean, it was this hodgepodge and... You had to take time to explain the rules, explain uh, what was going on for some of these foreign markets. And that was a big disadvantage because if you had to explain the game before you even played the game, and then you had to keep trying to explain throughout the games, I mean, that really handicapped the World League. Uh, the NFL did try to bring it back as NFL Europe, but the NFL basically just gave up on it. It's like, you know what, we're we're not drawing here. This is mostly a German-run league. We just, we can't, we can't have just essentially just Europe or uh, Germany 
you know, and, and that's that's it. I mean, they had Germany, they had Amsterdam, and they had Scotland. That was it. Uh, I think they may have had the London Mar- uh, Monarchs. Um, but, yeah, it just it, it didn't really take off. It just it really just didn't take off uh, like you would have thought that it would have. Uh, so there was that United Football League. You had four generic teams, generic looking logos. It just wasn't really a, a great, you know, great atmosphere uh, with with that. The fall experimental football league that was that was a disaster from day one because they were trying to get the uh, get the NFL to make them like a feeder system and the NFL just said and, and the players said no we're we're not going to have this experimental football league try to give us players when we can just get them directly from college. And so it it collapsed basically under its own weight. And finally, the Alliance of American Football, uh, I, I tell you, if you didn't know that it was around, that was that was that was bad marketing because I remember seeing the draft and I thought AAF what 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 is that and and then I saw oh cool it's a new football league but I had never heard of it before then before the you know the night of the draft and that's a problem. You have to build the buzz early and then hope that people keep coming back. So those are the challenges that the XFL has. Now, that all that aside, let's go over um, this week. First game ever, Seattle versus D.C., the Dragons versus the Defenders. DC won 31 to 19, but it really wasn't that close. DC absolutely was amazing. Uh, high flying, they hit hard. Oh my goodness. Some of the hits that uh, they dealt out. It's pretty crazy. Los Angeles Wildcats uh, lose to the Houston Roughnecks 37 to 17 again. Not a close game. It just really wasn't. Houston, again, just amazing on offense. And uh, I, I really appreciated how how they played. Uh, got the New York Guardians beating the Tampa Vipers 23-3. New York just dominated that game. Offense, defense, special teams, they just dominated that whole game. And in a bit of a surprise, uh, only because Ozmakers uh, were saying that they believe that Dallas is going to win the inaugural uh, championship. 
the uh, St. Louis Battlehawks beat the Dallas Renegades 15-9. So, there is um, week one. Week two coming up uh, on Saturday. It's going to be the New York Guardians versus the D.C. Defenders. That is the game of the day, folks. That is the game of the day. Uh, Tampa Vipers versus the Seattle Dragons. The Dallas Renegades versus the L.A. Wildcats on Sunday. And then in the nightcap, you've got uh, St. Louis versus Houston on Sunday. So, that's that. That's what I, um, that's what I, uh, think about, uh, the X-File. Now, uh, very quickly, uh, I went back and, uh, I, I just love YouTube. <laughs> I love it because you can watch, uh, abbreviated games from any league that you can possibly think of, uh, NFL, NBA, college, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Um, so I, I went back and I watched the overtime thriller between Duke and North Carolina. I gotta say, North Carolina dominated that whole game. They were up 13 points with five minutes to go. Let me, let me say that again. North Carolina was beating Duke by 13 points with five minutes to go. And Duke just ran them over. And I, 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 I was really surprised. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, but... Hey, here's the here's the cool part, is that the Blue Devils broke the tie that they had with North Carolina series-wise. They've played now 101 times, and Duke is up 51 to 50 in terms of wins. That is about as dead even of a rivalry as you can get. That's why people say it's quite possibly the greatest rivalry in all of sports because it is so close. So I am really, really looking forward to uh, the rest of the season. So there is uh, that. Uh, finally, uh, we're going to very quickly go over NXT TakeOver Portland. Uh, coming up this Sunday, so you got uh, Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair for the NXT Women's Championship. The winner is uh, slated to meet Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania for the NXT Championship. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty 
That's pretty crazy if that's going to be like a thing. I, I really thought it was going to be Charlotte versus Becky, but WWE was like, mm, no, we're going to go with this other one. Uh, match of the night, possibly match of the year already, is going to be Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> Johnny Gargano, the heart, soul of NXT. Finn Balor comes back uh, looking to essentially rebuild his his career that was doing okay on the main roster, but it, it was never really you know kicked into high gear. So Finn Balor comes back to NXT. And yes, yes, please. This is if you are an independent wrestling fan, this is your dream match right here. Finn Bauer versus Johnny Gargano. It's amazing. Uh, Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly versus the Broser Weights, which uh, comprises of Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne for the NXT. Tag Team Championships, look. Uh, I don't I don't make predictions, you know, with like one-on-one matches, but it just, it makes more sense to have the Undisputed Era win uh, and, and go on. Matt Riddle has had problems, has had a beef, with Goldberg for quite a while now. If you watched the Goldberg uh, documentary on the WWE Network, you, you saw the tense. Uh, you saw the the tense conversation that Matt Riddle and Goldberg had, where Goldberg said, "I'm not your bro. I'm not your bro. I mean, I respect you, but I'm not your bro." And so, are they going to pull the ripcord on that one? I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens come uh, WrestleMania. Next up, uh, Adam Cole versus uh, Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT Championship. Again, yes, freaking please. <laughs> and it's going to be so weird because people root for Adam Cole but they also root for uh, Tommaso Ciampa. So, that's uh, going to be a weird uh, dynamic. See what the... Uh, see what the... Uh, see what the, uh, the, the the crowd is thinking. Uh, anyway, uh, so there's that. Uh, Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox. This goes back to NXT War Games, where... Dakota Kai turned on Tegan Knox, absolutely brutal attack using the cage that they were in, and uh, so there is some animosity between these two former best friends that are going to be in a street fight, so we'll see how that works out. And finally, Keith Lee, the North American champion, versus Dominic and I'm going to slaughter the same, and I apologize. Dominic uh, Dijakovic 
for the uh, NXT North American Championship. Keith Lee is a special guy. Oh my gosh. If you have seen Keith Lee, you know what you're you know what I'm talking about. Keith Lee is special. He he he's a bigger guy, but he does things that it's like, oh my goodness. I I couldn't believe half the stuff that he did. Um it's absolutely amazing. So that, uh, my friends, is uh, NXT TakeOver Portland coming up this weekend on the WWE Network. Again, next week, we're going to go over XFL Week 2. We're going to go over the Tom Brady sweepstakes. We've got spring training coming up for Major League Baseball. We're going to talk more about the uh, NCAA basketball picture as we go uh, into March Madness. And we're going to talk about Super Showdown from Saudi Arabia. We're going to be talking about NXT TakeOver Portland. So much more. So, that will be all next week. So... Until then, this is Russell Wortham coming to you you live from beautiful Tucson, Arizona. And just like the Beatles sang all those many years ago, love is all you need. I will see you guys next week.